2: All right, guys. Working class on DeerCast. Another episode. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, my, myself, I'm Kirk Geyer. We have co-host Doug Schmidt. We have special co-host Johnny Utah in the house. And then our guest of the hour, Steve Stoff from Minnesota. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, I got to say something quick. We get messages a lot and they're like, you guys need people on from Minnesota. And I say, hey, we have a friend in Minnesota. Here he is.
0: <laughs> Here we are. I'd still like to see a working class Minnesota hat personally. but
2: We can, uh, I'll talk to our uh, merch team and see if they can't figure out how to get the shape of Minnesota on a hat behind our logo. So we'll we'll put in a good word for you and we'll right. get back to you. I'll have one of my representatives reach out yeah, right. and see if we can. <laughs> our merch team, that's huge. Yeah, Eric. That's good. I mean, have your people talk to my
0: people. I'm sure you yeah. get something figured out.
2: Because you are kind of the representative of Minnesota hunting, we all know that, right?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Screw <laughs> Tony Peterson. You know, screw some of those other guys. Yeah, I think Melissa really
2: Bachman's me. from Minnesota. Yeah, right? yep. Yeah. No, you're the guy. I mean,
0: the Lukowski's are technically from Minnesota too. You know, it's
2: right, but they voted you in. Not a lot of people know that. That's true. That's true. And
0: <laughs> so now the up, secrets man.
2: out. The secrets out. I'm sorry, we did it here on Deercast. Um, right. hey, so what's going on, man? You had a good season. Um, a lot's been kind of going on with you as a lot's been going on with us over here. And, uh, man, it's, we, we podcast every now and again with you, but we don't do it like this, this focused. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we figured out a time and here we are, man. So, uh, you killed a good buck this year. And I mean, really, I just want, want you to tell that story and then whatever else you want to throw in with it. Don't yeah. worry about that. Um,
0: so I'm fairly, I'm fairly new to bull hunting. Yeah. Uh, this is only my fifth season bow hunting. I, I grew up, i gun gone hunting since I was 12 years old, traditional deer camp. We never shot a lot of big deer. It was kind of brown, it's down, play cards, have a lot of fun, drink a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I miss that a lot. It's like and a tradition. When, yeah. And, and we lost that property. It was 240 acres. We had a cabin up there. It was awesome. It was, you know, was the, like when I got married, it was like these two weeks, honey, I'm gone. Uh, I don't, I don't even bring my cell phone. I'm just not, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And we lost that property and we tried to shift the, the deer camp to Southern Minnesota where I'm from. And I was blown away with the size of deer we had on our home farm that known and hunted for 20 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: we've got 170 acres along a river, wood, CRP, ag, I mean, it's a whitetail Mecca. Mm -hmm. So the third year that we, we did our family deer camp down there. I was seeing like really big deer, like that one. And like, I got to figure out how to extend my season. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And Like, well, I can bow hunt from September to December here. So I picked up a bow and, uh, and wanted to get after it. Um, and it turns out that I sucked at bow hunting <laughs> yeah. the first few years because I hunted like a gun hunter, right? I'm mm-hmm. hunting in a bow out of, you know, stands that we built by hand, ladder stands, not understanding, uh, you know, the cover behind me, um, scent control, all these things. And I'm, I'm still learning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I'm, I'm finally learning what even thermals in Southern Minnesota, what they do uh, when the sun's below, when the sun's high. And that's actually part of the story of, of this deer that I shot this year. But uh, so this was the first buck I've shot with my bow. And I had real high standards up until this, this year, uh, which is not a bad you know, thing. It's not, but you also need to learn how to kill deer with your bow too. <laughs> right. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a right. curve there. You have to climb the ladder.
0: So, you know, I shot, I've shot a couple of does. Uh, I passed on, I don't know, 20 yearlings, two year olds, Uh um, I've missed some opportunities on three and a half and four year old deer in the last couple of years. And again, it's just from being a poor bow hunter.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that, man, it's just, you're, you're green, you know, so it's just part of it, you know,
0: just learning. Um, And a lot of the stuff I picked up, you know, from listening to your, you guys, when I got into this, my dad had bow hunted a lot when I was a kid and I never really got into it with him. And so I learned a lot from him uh, doing this, but I'm like I got to learn more about this, so I just googled bow hunting podcasts. So I drive uh, pre-pandemic 2,000 miles a month for work, so I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, found your podcast, found a couple others, and you know, Southern Minnesota is bush light country, so I immediately had a a connection to you guys. I'm like this, these are these, if these guys are my neighbors, we'd hang out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just from the myriad of guests you guys have had on you know, and, and there's three or four things from past podcasts that I always keep in the back of my head when I'm scouting, when I'm, when I'm hunting, um, uh, and this year I finally felt more confident in what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, I even started doing mobile hunting on our own property, uh, based on what I was seeing, you know, instead of your traditional, we've been here 15 years, we hunt this pinch point, we hunt this, this stand yeah, and that's it. You know, and you know, over the course of fifteen years, deer kind of figure that out too.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and the, their stands that I grew up hunting that deer would like yeah, check the stand check to it. see if you're in it, and then move yeah. along. No, like, we gotta yeah. move around, yeah even if it's across the trail. You know, catch them yeah. while they're looking to see if you're in that stand, and get them from the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know uh, what you're saying. I think that is that's a very common thing in in the whitetail woods. Is uh there's it's almost so traditional in certain parts of the country and on certain certain families on certain farms that it's almost uh kind of hinders the potential of what it could be just because a lot of guys get stuck in the it's not a bad thing tradition's not bad but stuck in the ways of the tradition where they don't ever get outside the box and i think it limits a lot of hunters from being successful
0: for sure and i you know the majority of our access to our home property is all from the south. So if I've got a south or a southeast wind previously, well, I can't hunt. I can't hunt this property today, and it's that stinks, and i got to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So I just took different steps in the last two years where I bought a little boat. We've got a section of timber on the other side of the river. I stashed the boat there. I got permission to walk in the half mile so I can cross. I can hunt on a south wind now. Um, Put the time in this year and put in a couple of food plots. Um, And I feel like those efforts, you know, kind of paid off. Yeah, uh, definitely this past year. So
2: just to shout out to you though for thinking
0: doing things differently.
2: Yeah. I mean, shout out to you for being, you know, a newer bow hunter and thinking so heavily on entry and exit strategies because that's probably the most important thing that you have on a spot. You know, if a deer's there and you bump them on the way in or way out, then. I mean, we've been talking about that a lot lately on, mm-hmm. on these podcasts, but it's, that's probably the most important thing. So, I mean, shout out to you for thinking about that, you know, only having, you know, five years in or whatever it's uh, that gets to be more of an advanced, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, you know, but it's uh, mm-hmm. I think something clicks with the guys that start killing good deer. They're like, ah, like that's one of those things I have to pay more attention to, yeah. but I, cause I feel like when you're early in hunting, you're like, I just need to be hunting. Yeah, I just need to be Bring regardless the of the wind or whatever. And I feel yeah. that just causes more damage and kind of burns your season out before it gets good. Yeah, you can take yourself out of the game before it even starts fast.
0: You know, and even up until last year, you know, for some of my stands <clears throat> where it was a longer walk, I'd take an ATV halfway. You know, I don't do that anymore. I just put the, you know, get off my rear end and walk. Yeah. The extra mile or half mile or whatever it is. Um, you know, just Taking it, I don't want to say taking it more seriously, but willing to put in a little extra work mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm kind of eliminating all the the potential things to go wrong for myself.
1: Definitely.
0: Um, you know, and, and this year, actually last year, really paying attention to what the wind was doing by me, you know, instead of just looking at the weather app saying, Oh, it's a northwest wind, I'm gonna go sit in this stand, but getting out there and realizing, oh crap. I'm on this little, this little ridge. And even with the Northwest wind, it's circling and funneling back to the north. I can't sit here, you know, uh, and being flexible enough to get out of that stand and move, Yeah, you know, and, and that ties into the the deer I shot this year, the wind was doing some weird things and I like, I couldn't figure it out. Um, Mm -hmm. it was a light, like a light breeze, but it was cold enough where I could see my my breath go to the east and I even had my wind puffer and it's all going to the east, but it was, I think so it was cold. I think it was dropping to the bottom of the tree and kind of mushrooming out. Mm -hmm. So I got into the stand about 45 minutes before shooting light. And, uh, I guess I can back up if you want to talk about leveraging deer cast. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I was set to go to North Dakota to learn how to be a duck guide that Sunday. Uh, Uh, I've got an annual five, six day trip. I take with a couple of buddies uh, to North Dakota. We go duck hunting every year.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I'm going to be out of town. I've got three young kids and putting a little pressure on the family just to be gone that long. Oh, of course. And I was looking at deer casts. I had good trail camera action the last two days, seeing three actually nice bucks during daylight. And it was one of those things, I, honey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to say I'm going to beg, but I'd really, really like to go hunting in the morning, Mm -hmm. Saturday. And of course, aren't you going hunting for five days starting Sunday? I am, but But I got to be in the stand. (laughs) I got to be in the stand on Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, And she's like, well, as long as you're home by one o'clock to take the kids to the amusement park here before you go.
2: Very fair. Very fair. Shout out to your wife.
0: And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'll be home by one. That's not a problem at all, right? I'm just going to sit for a few hours anyway. And even yeah. if I get lucky, I'll have plenty of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or so we thought. So,
2: <laughs> what I told her. <laughs>
0: uh, so I'm in the stand, 45 minutes early. Uh, this is a pre-hung stand that I've got set up. Uh, it's kind of it's in a narrow stretch of timber. That's it's it's really a transition spot between bedding and feed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So trying to catch them coming back from the ag fields, going back to bed. And I've got a, a pretty good idea where two different bucks had been bedding, and this is like halfway between, which is why I wanted to get in there early. Mm-hmm. And it's probably 15 minutes before shooting light, and a, like I said, light northwest breeze, and a deer blows at, blows like six times. Like, well, they can't possibly be blowing at me. Mm-hmm because I'm downwind. I can't see it. It's through thick stuff and it's dark, but I just kind of chalk it up to well, I don't know, maybe they maybe there was a buck chase and maybe there's something else going on.
2: Yeah, a coyote or whatever. A
0: coyote, whatever. <clears throat> and uh
2: that's what I was telling myself too, to make myself feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah, coyote over it there. It can't possibly
0: be anything. I yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
2: It's a coyote.
0: Uh, so it's now I can see and another doe comes walking down the trail and it's a nice doe. I've got two doe tags. I'm going to, I'm going to let one fly. Mm-hmm. She gets into my shooting lane. And I've got two, two nice shooting lanes. So she gets into the first one and she looks up and in my head, I'm going, okay, she's going to just keep going on the trail. I'm going to draw here. I'm going to smoke her at 20 yards in this shooting lane and we'll be, we'll be off to a good start. Mm-hmm. She stops in the first shooting lane, lifts her nose, looks in my direction, and she doesn't completely bail, but she puts her tail up, turns around, and then loops me about 60 yards. Mm. Like, how? what is going on? Like I, yeah. I, I cannot figure this out. Uh-huh. So I'm borderline going to get out of the stand. Like, I, Well, if I'm blowing deer out from the direction that they think they're coming, I, I can't sit here. Mm -hmm. So like, well, I'm going to let the sun get up and see if the thermals change when the sun hits me. And when the sun came up over the ridge, all of a sudden I could see my breath and the air going up. Like, okay, we're going to sit this out a little bit longer.
2: That's a good feeling when you hit the wind puffer or whatever it is and you see everything just go straight up and you're like, I'm invincible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm now a tree ninja. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like okay, now we're gonna sit here a little bit longer. For the
2: record, don't think that you're invincible because thermals change real <laughs> fast.
0: <laughs> no, and don't think you're invincible either. way.
2: <laughs> in general, so, Doug.
0: In general is a good. Uh, so it's uh, probably a half an hour later, and I, you know, I'm I'm not big on calling, um, but it's that time of year, and. So I turned towards the bedding area, and I let out a pretty solid buck growl right towards was, the bedding.
2: What was the date? I didn't catch the. Yeah, I didn't catch the date either. It's
0: October twenty third.
2: Okay, so, yep. Get in the wheelhouse. Yeah. you're in the window.
0: Yep. Yep. So I just turned towards the bedding area, let out a buck growl just to see what happens, and uh, it's not three minutes later, and I hear crunching behind me. So I've got I'm sitting against a a big elm tree that's broader than I am Mm -hmm. and this deer is behind me and I turn to look and I can see antlers and I I've got a pretty good idea which deer it is I can from trail camera and he's peeping my direction pretty hard um and I give him a few minutes and it he just doesn't want to commit to coming but I've got the trees big enough so I stand up in my stand and I turn and I've got a couple of shooting windows behind me so when he puts his head down, I'm able to grab my bow off the hanger. And I'm going to get drawn. Well, as I'm getting drawn, I, I'm not used to shooting behind me, right? So I'm, my feet are at the front of the stand and I'm facing the tree back behind. Me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, as I'm drawing, I hit the top limb of my bow on my bow hanger.
1: and
0: <sighs> mm. make a solid thud. Yeah. He doesn't bail right away, but he turns around. And starts to head back the way he came. So, but I'm able to get drawn and I find about a basketball size window that I can squeeze a, squeeze a shot through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did, I let it, let it go. And instantly I knew it was back. Mm-hmm. I just could see the Luminok go back behind the last rib. Um, and some obviously like immediately concerned. Yeah after the shot, but I give it a solid half an hour. I'm sitting there, text my uncle, text my mom, text my wife. And I just said, Hey, I got an arrow and a deer, you know, stay tuned. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, well, I know, I know the direction he went. I'm just going to get down and and look for the arrow, look for the scene and see what I can find.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: one of the things that I picked up from, you guys in the last two years too is I never wore binos in the whitetail woods. Yeah. And I went and picked up a pair of 12 by fifties and started using those. And this is like the third time I think I've ever even had them with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get down, I can't find my arrow, but I find, I start finding blood and it's red. Mm-hmm. I'm like Okay. Well, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought. Maybe it was quartering away better than I thought.
2: Yeah. Cause I was going to say if he was going away from you and I don't know if things change between that and like the shot, you know, when you said you had that window, I'm like last rib quarter and away, depends how hard it was like, man, you might be money, you know, but it's, sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I've mean, still got a little PTSD from the doe I shot last year. I shot her a little back mm-hmm. and my broadhead didn't expand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, she ended up only going about 80 yards. Um, you know, but I've just really worried about that. And like having a long yeah. track job, right. All the emotions going through.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially on a good so I get blood. down
0: and I, and I start I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to track slow, right. I'm going to find blood, move five yards, glass, mm-hmm. find blood, move five yards glass. And I was about 50, 60 yards into the track job and I saw the white belly another 50 yards ahead. Yeah. Um, and to, You know, I lost my dad on deer opener last year of the gun season, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was my main hunting buddy, just like a lot of people have with their old man.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I put, you know, last year, I was like, I'm going to shoot a deer for my dad. I'm going to shoot a deer for my dad. And I put way too much pressure on myself.
2: That's a lot of pressure, man.
0: I mean, every sit was, I got to do it today. I got to do it today. You know, I, I did the, I wrote his name, his date of birth, date of death on my fletchings, on my arrows, right? Yeah. The next year I shoot's going to be with this arrow. And, uh, I, I know that that, it messed me up last season. I, I actually <laughs> just wrote last season off. Like I got to start fresh. Yeah. uh give it some time and just.
2: Regroup and come back to it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, that, uh,
2: that happens to everybody in their bow hunting a, a journey at one year or one point or whatever. at another, I mean, I've been through the same thing, man. Sometimes you, no matter what you do, it just doesn't go your way. And that's, that's what makes it hard. That's what makes when it happens so sweet, you know?
0: Yeah. And I'm not, uh, I'm not like a hyper emotional guy. Um, but when I saw that the white belly um, and it sounds cliche, it sounds cheesy. I, I dropped to my knees and I, I started crying like a little kid.
2: I get it, dude. I think anybody that listens in that circumstance understands that, you know, I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You
0: know, on top of, you know, being the arrow with my dad's name on it, uh, on top of it being my first archery buck after five years of, of working at it and trying and time and effort. Yeah. It's kind of a culmination of those things. All just that one moment
2: hits y'all at one time.
0: Yeah. I was literally overcome. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah.
0: so i got well, that too man and, and
2: then it's also like time away from your family and all that and like you know you're getting ready to leave on the trip so i imagine that put extra Just pressure, pressure and yeah. Up. yeah so i can only imagine
0: you know and, and even in the moment too knowing the shot was a little back and thinking i'm in for potentially a long day and and hard mm-hmm. work and all of a sudden that's over right that's off my chest way yeah. off the shoulders um monkey off my back with getting a, a buck with my bow and and then, kind of the, in, in memory of my dad, you know, all at the same time.
2: Yeah, that's a lot uh, to hit you in one moment. And it's yeah. almost like when you see the belly, like you're not expecting to see it, like the white belly Maybe shining. It's almost better. So then it's like, it's subconsciously just like zooms in on you oh, and it- just like hits you right in all the emotion. Uh-huh. So <laughs> every bit. Yeah. It's like a surprise smack in the gut with emotion, you know, because you're just looking up and then it's like, oh, there he is. And then it hits you. So, yeah, I get it, man. I think a lot of people have, you know, been in emotional situations, put a lot of pressure on themselves, and all of a sudden you realize you're successful. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I, I gave myself a solid five minutes just to myself, like right in that moment mm-hmm. before I even got up to the deer. Um, I in a, kind of in an adrenaline rush. I don't know if I went up to the deer first, but I, I called my mom right away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and let her know. Uh, and I called my uncle, who's, he's the, uh, he and I are very close. Um, I'm the only male nephew on that side. He's never been married. Like, mm-hmm. I've always helped him out on the farm. Um, he's the one that's all about helping me with the food plots. It's, it's his land that we help manage and run. Mm-hmm. So I called him and had him come down. Um, uh, so we got to share that moment together with the deer and then he helped me drag it up into the, uh, into actually the photo is, it's a big time plot in, in the background. And so everyone's yeah. like, Oh, just shoot that over the plot. I'm like, actually, no, Yeah, it was colder than hell. That's that morning. And I wanted to get up in the
2: sun and Yeah, right, I right.
0: field dressing where it was warm.
2: You just say the deer probably ate some of it <laughs> at one point. <laughs> he was in it at one point. It's
0: very possible. Yeah. Um, And it turned out the shot was money. It, uh, it came through maybe four inches behind the right front shoulder.
2: Oh, perfect.
0: And the expandable left, I mean, just a two and a half inch, like there was, he was done before he knew it type of scenario. Perfect. Um, I did not get a a full pass through. So the arrow must've been hanging out of him. I only found the uh, fletching half of the arrow, uh, I still haven't found the other half of the broad in in it, but yeah. to be able to cut, recover the fletching <clears throat> part was important to me too, with my dad's information on it.
2: Definitely. For sure. Yeah.
0: And we haven't really talked about the deer itself. And, and quite frankly, that's not as important to me as the rest of the story, but it's a, just a solid typical eight. I have no idea what it would score. Probably a one twenty mm-hmm. type buck. It's a three and a half year old deer. Um, Dude, I do I, know that it was 74 amazing. pounds of meat. So.
2: well that's an amazing first archery buck like yeah. that's man yeah. that's a, what dreams are made of right there for your mm-hmm. first archery buck ever that's and to add that like weight to the story and the emotion and like how much it means to you besides the antlers like that's that's what matters man that's that's pretty cool and that and that's why i wanted to do this podcast about that deer because i knew that the story had a little more heavy meaning mm-hmm. along with it um but i mean you got to be so thrilled that it's a good buck, right? You know, everything else is, yeah. is great. The fact that it's a good buck just makes it even cooler.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and again, I, I did lower my standards a little bit after the first few years. You know, I don't need to to shoot 150 inch eight pointer mm-hmm. or, or 10 pointer for my first archery deer. Right. I got to get good yeah. at killing deer, get mm-hmm. good at, you know, just having better encounters, being in the right spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's
1: getting
2: calculated. I spoiled myself.
0: Bit. spoiled myself with some good with some good shotgun deer and, you know, thinking that, Oh, it's just a change in weapon. I'm going to continue to shoot big caliber deer. And uh, that's just mm-hmm. not the case when you, uh, when you need to be close. So, Hey, it
2: goes back to that old saying that Austin Chandler said a few years ago on the podcast, you can't trip into a 150. It takes a little bit. You of cannot,
0: effort. Yeah. You cannot with uh with archery equipment.
2: I've learned some people do trip into them. It does eat. happen. <laughs> <laughs> some people do. But, yeah. but I, I love it, man. I love that. I love the, your um, how you kind of expressed the recognition of a little bit more difficult way of hunting and you realize the things you needed to do to get on the caliber deer you want to do or kind of grow your uh, just experience in the woods with archery equipment. I, I feel there's a lot of guys that aren't open-minded or maybe it's like an ego thing or whatever it is that they can't really step back. And see what they should be doing for, I mean, really for the sake of just bow hunting experience and learning how to do it the right way. Because eventually you're going to work your way into just being a consistent killer, you know, of deer you want to kill, whatever caliber that is. And that's up to everybody. That's the beautiful thing about hunting. Yeah, Everybody's got whatever their standard is. And if you're consistent at accomplishing what you want to accomplish, then you're successful as a bow hunter. You know, if a guy wants to go for 200 inch deer. He's gonna kill a lot less deer. And if he Mm -hmm. kills one, one, he's killing it, you know. He's doing a good job. But I just like good bucks and yeah, I like to shoot them. So whatever I'm feeling that (laughs) year, that's what I'm shooting for. So uh I I just thought that was cool, man.
0: I appreciate it. And I I just like seeing big deer, right? I like Mm -hmm. being figuring the whole game of figuring out where they're going, what they're doing, and why. And you know, after those first few years of spending a lot of time in the stand and, and seeing deer occasionally from far away or having a lot of good encounters. Like I, it's something I care enough about. Like, I got to figure this thing out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It's just not going to be fun to go out and sit in the same stands and see the same thing time after time. And, you know, yeah, maybe you get lucky, maybe you trip into one. I don't know. I don't have, I can't put 30 sits in a, in a season in with three kids and, and other commitments, right? I got to be smart about what I'm
2: doing. Yeah. You gotta be a little more proactive and making, making your own opportunity there, which, right. You know, that we've been talking about, you know, being mobile and. You know, uh, just getting after it really, you know, not being complacent just because it's just too much work to go hang a stand over there when it's like, man, really, if you did that, you'd really increase your opportunity. Yeah. It'd be easier mm-hmm. to sit. Or you'd uh, tag out a little earlier. And I mean, this is what, what'd you say? The 23rd, 24th, 23rd of October. October. Yeah. That's early. Mm-hmm. That you is, know? Yeah it's just getting warmed up right about then, you know? So, I mean, you, your wife's happy. Let's talk about that, man. Like <laughs> calling your wife, like, Hey honey, I'm the man. First of all.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, there was plenty of solid, like, and, and
2: she knew, you
0: know, the implications with, with not having my dad around and yeah, uh, being my first <laughs> archery buck. And obviously she's seen me put a lot of time and effort into being successful. She was super happy, super pumped for me. Um, my kids were super pumped for me. They, that's
1: My awesome. kids
0: are, I have all, I have three daughters mm-hmm. and sometimes they like to go hunt. Sometimes they don't. My, yeah. uh, my 11 year old's kind of in this hippie phase of, you know, <laughs> I don't mind you shooting birds, dad, but deer, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Well, you sure enjoy eating the meat. She's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I do.
2: She'll realize she's just, a. Yeah. that's a phase. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so they they come turkey hunting with me. They enjoy that, and uh, we'll see. They're still young. They're eleven, 9, and six. Yeah. So we'll see if they are when they're ready to to get in the deer woods. But
2: yeah, I'm sure there'll be no problem.
0: No, no. I, I get
2: I get worrying about it though a little bit. Like my daughter's young, young. She's two and a half. And yeah. I'm like, you will be a killer. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a son. I'm like, he is me. <laughs> that's his little mini me being stupid yeah he is a little mini me but yeah he's uh i mean man you're that into it they'll realize how much it means to you and i think they're just gonna follow suit even if they're not a hardcore bow hunter they'll understand it'd be it. cool yeah. to just go with you for for firearm season or yeah. whatever it might be you yeah know? i think with them growing up with it they might not become hunters um but they'll appreciate it they'll respect it yeah yeah if it's something they don't want to do you yeah know? you can't force them but
0: maybe they'll marry a hunter.
2: Right. That's what you do. Right. See, I'm already working on like arranged marriages for my <laughs> daughter so I can get into some good farms, you know, That's so it. there's something to be said for that, too. And you got three chances at that.
0: I do. And we've and uh, the the <laughs> property we have, I'm the sole heir to to that land. So we've got my daughter says something to offer.
2: Right. When okay. It comes to that. So you no, had to be a little just one-sided. one-sided. Right. You had to be a little more selective. So there's people right here that don't understand we're being sarcastic, and they're right. like, "I can't believe yeah, <laughs> oh they are gosh. talking about arranged marriages for hunting shame. ground." But listen, we're, we're just maybe we're on another level of uh, intelligence. I mean, are are we being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I'm so sarcastic. I can't tell right now if we're kidding or being serious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a bad idea. I always joke around and say that I'm going to just. Bring my daughter to Austin Chandler's place because he has all that farm ground because Cody Chandler is a he's gonna be a good looking young fellow. And uh so we're gonna we're gonna talk, you know, arrange marriage and that type of thing and yeah. see what we can't we'll get. Yeah. Work yeah. it out. Anything can happen, you know?
0: Makes a lot of sense. I mean
2: <laughs> it Does. We're dumb. Um <laughs> But I mean, so when you get home, your wife has to be pumped, right? But then maybe not so pumped because then you leave for a hunting trip like the next morning.
0: Yeah, she was pumped, but it was also a rat race. So, you know, oh, yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, I wasn't, one, I was happy I found it. So in, in my head, I'm like, okay, I got to be home to take the kids to this amusement park. And okay, well, now I got to take care of this deer, uh, get it feel dressed. I call our normal meat market. And we're in a CWD surveillance zone, Mm -hmm. Uh, not in a, in like a, it's like we had to get them tested if it was shot on opening weekend of gun season. So it was voluntary testing, but because of that, a lot of the butchers aren't taking whole deer. Oh, really? And I I mean, me leaving the next day, I don't have time to butcher this deer myself. Mm -hmm. I got to take it in. So the next guy I call, yep, we'll take it well, it's like a 30 minute drive from the farm. So I got to take it there and I got to come back. So I get that done. And the guy's real squirrely about, did you get this deer tested? I'm like, no, I, I shot it like an hour ago. Yeah. And I'm bringing it to you. And I mean, you can look at the lymph nodes and tell me that it's not tested. It's not been tested. Just take the damn deer and let's I go and give you money to do this. Yeah. So, so he, in historically when i brought deer to the meat market they just take it you come get it when it's ready they give you the head the antlers whatever he's like i don't want the head cuts it off right there gives it back to me like, okay so <laughs> now i gotta do something with the head again i'm yeah. leaving i don't have freezer space for this thing so i call a buddy of mine who's a taxidermist locally i'm like hey do you do your amounts he's like i do I said, can I drop this thing off? He was like, actually, I'm going to be out at my parents, uh, which is like 10 minutes from our farm, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to meet me out there, like, okay, so that's another like 20 minutes, the other direction. Yeah. Long story short, I get the body dropped off. I get the head dropped off and I'm home at like 10 minutes to (laughs) one o'clock.
2: Ooh, meeting the the deadline.
0: Uh, But I'm driving all over God's green country (laughs) to get this deer taken care of and scrambling before I head to North Dakota the next day.
2: Yeah. So you made it to the amusement um, park, is what you're saying?
0: We're good. Yeah, kids yeah. are happy.
2: Okay, well, you are still, still here. here live, so you must have made it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm still here to tell about it. Um, there hasn't, I haven't been delivered papers yet, so we're, we're solid.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Verdict still out there, though. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout right. out to your wife, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> let, thank for, you. I say letting you go, but uh, being cool with you going. Understand. I had the feeling you were going anyway. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. She was like, hey, was... no, you're not. So yeah. the, did you kill any ducks then once you left the next day? I mean, you, one, you had to have just been on cloud nine on that whole trip.
0: I, uh, I took the inner tenderloins out yeah. when I field dress the deer. I always have a couple of Ziploc bags in my pack just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought those with, and I was just excited to share those with the guys. Awesome. Um, and the duck hunting was, was decent, uh, it was Southeast winds. So for you non-duck hunters, That doesn't promote migration, right? You want north and northwest winds. Mm. We had southeast winds the first three days. So it was, it was a grind. We shot a bunch of ducks, but it wasn't, uh, you know, done by noon, go hang out and have a good time. We, we hunted hard. And then the last day we had a a big cold front come in and we shot a lot of nice big ducks that last day. So, and that's, that's really turned into my deer camp is going up duck hunting with those guys.
2: The camaraderie Um, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, awesome. we've never done it. You've never done it, right, Doug? Nope. Uh, but we get invites to go over here to do like snow goose hunts. And we should try and do that this winter.
3: I think we are in, in Illinois.
2: Illinois. Yeah. We have a connection. Chandler and them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chandler's going to line it up. Yeah. Say the
0: Buckstorm boys, I'm sure, have some connections for spring snow goose hunts in South Dakota.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't. Um, I get it. I get why people like to do it, but it's not in my wheelhouse really right right now. I'm right. sure if I did it once, have you ever yeah. done it, Johnny? no never done never done snows any waterfowl yeah i mean i've ground checked some ducks on the water which is you know what i mean like, yeah yeah not a water really, swat yeah yeah is um, that kind of like not favorable to yeah, hardcore waterfowl right guys? right it's kind of i think kind of semi frowned upon it's but, like a uh, deer drive it's like right a, okay yeah like it's legal <laughs> it's okay you know but you know just like dating dating the heavy set chick <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> You no, might not want to talk, but let me write that down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Maybe not dating, but I get, what you, I get where you're heading. With
2: okay, that. guys. You said keep it clean. Keep it. <laughs> okay. All right. Ducks. Doug. Steve. <laughs> Wife. Not... Okay. <laughs> Noted. All right.
0: <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the only duck hunting I did this year was on that trip. So, I... yeah.
2: Well, man, what a good week, huh? It
0: was cool. a great week.
2: Killed a great buck. Go hang out with the boys. Got to go to amusement park. Let's not. Let's I let's not skip over the amusement yeah. park. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, there's man. nothing like
0: riding a roller coaster when it's 40 degrees out. That's <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun.
2: Right? Did you just go with all your hunting stuff still on?
0: <laughs> I did not.
2: But you tell me, like, when you wait, like, you wait in line to get on the amusement park ride, and the, there's always like the guy that's like, you know, working the gate to let people go in. You're like. I just killed a buck. I
0: didn't wash my hands after field dressing. So I just kind of
2: hey. showed off the hey. hands. want to hear a quick story. Real, I'll be, I'll be quick here. I go to the deer one time and I got home and we're making sandwiches for lunch. And I, I didn't wash my hands and you know, when you get like that fresh white bread, how it's almost like absorbent, uh-huh. I'm eating my sandwich and I had like blood, like dried up blood on my hands. The bread was absorbing the blood on my hands and i'm like eating it and i'm like that's too late to do anything about this now right well, but anyway i just thought it was fun. i'm like where i was grabbing the sandwich uh-huh. the bread had soaked up the blood <laughs> yeah. from my hands. <laughs> that's great whoops I'm like yeah, I'm, a, I'm a trash person but that's okay <laughs> well man congratulations dude that's a great Thanks, story yeah congrats. congrats you have to you're, so you're doing a euro mount on
0: it doing a euro mount yep very cool on that deer
2: um you should do something cool with like the like the like a you know, like a wall pedestal for the skull. with You know what I mean? You could do something kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I was thinking something with the, like I said, I've got the back half of the arrow left with the engraved fletching, and yeah, I'll do something cool with
2: it. Yeah, that'll be awesome, man. And then, by the way, I know we've done some Zoom calls with you on working class, but having the bucks in the background and that big black bear is pretty cool. It's a cool backdrop.
0: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, uh, I never considered even shoulder mounting a deer until i shot the one in the middle mm-hmm. which was a 168 inch 10-pointer
2: beautiful buck oh yeah
0: um, yeah and then the, i shot the one that eight pointer the year after and it's 145 inch eight and the tines actually cross in the front i've it. I, really, I, like I was like are they touching they look almost look like yeah they crossing. cross about a half inch they over they overlap and, I'm and like, how do you rub a tree without snapping those off or, you know, how do you get the velvet off without breaking
2: them? Yeah, what are the inside of his, like, where his brows are out on the bases? Are they real rough? Like, you couldn't get in there? Or...
0: I, I I don't know. I have to look.
2: That's funny. Pretty cool, yeah, man. It
0: was
1: very unique. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. How do they get in there? I don't have a, I don't think I have any deer like that. I don't need to be honest. But that's cool, man. Well, congratulations, awesome. man. I You know, thank you for taking the time on your yeah. day to do this podcast. Congrats oh, Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are gonna relate with like the emotion of this hunt and what it meant to you. Um I know Johnny kind of just went through a similar experience and so so have I. And I guess that's yeah. just uh, you know what that means we're getting older. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. uh one of those things that happens, man. But it's uh it's cool that I mean, we're all passionate guys, we all care about hunting, and it's that first animal after you go through a life change like that, especially with your hunting buddy is uh extra extra special like my mule deer i cried like a baby when i saw that thing hit the ground and i had my dad's um all everything all my dad's stuff on my fletching written on there and then when i saw that buck go down he just disintegrated the arrow because he fell and rolled (laughs) down a mountain oh yeah and uh i was like you know what because uh clinton are like don't you want to find the fletching and i was like you know what that arrow did its job and it's up on that mountain somewhere And it's almost cooler that he can stay there. Yeah. It's It's almost like leaving.
0: It's almost like leaving his ashes up there. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I did do that actually in that spot, but it was like, I had a lighted knock on my arrow and I think he just, it just blew it out, you know, when he rolled Mm -hmm. over the arrow. And so it's just, it's out there. So that's pretty cool. I
0: I agree with Johnny. I think that's almost cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Just be part of the mountain. And
2: yeah, maybe someone, a hunter will find it one year, but it's, (laughs) <laughs> it's not likely you'll find it where he, I mean, he rolled. Yeah. So you'd have to be on that hillside, which was not fun. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. man, yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you guys. I really cool. appreciate it. Enjoy being part of the team. I will for sure see you guys in Iowa. Iowa classic in March.
2: There we go. Awesome. Yep. yep. Awesome. Awesome. And then if uh, you want to put out your Instagram or the Facebook group or anything like that for people to go check it out, you know,
0: sure. Uh, Instagram is MN Hunter underscore staff. Um, I manage a 30,000 member Facebook group called the Minnesota hunting club, or I share a lot of the working class stuff.
2: Much appreciated. Uh,
0: yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good group, but it can be kind of a, a crap show it's, at times when you get 30,000 people. with all, That's different all different Facebook groups, right? man.
2: All, all face- different America, walks on yeah. yeah. It's like uh, buy sale marketplace. It, it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Cause our, our group's the same way. Our group might be worse. Cause you get a little wilder crowd in there. <laughs>
0: So well, it's, I'm always fascinated by the stuff people will post. Uh, Like, you know, that's illegal. You probably shouldn't post that when you're asking questions.
3: That's just when you grab the
2: popcorn and wait for the comments to come in. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my cousin that I go on this duck hunt with every year is that works for the DNR. And we always talk, he's like, yeah, there's like every conservation officer is a member of that group.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, it's fascinating. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Let them do it. Let them post it. Shout out. 100%. To power. Candle power lights works great from the side of the room. <laughs> here's, yeah. here's the Amazon link. Yeah. It's like, dang it. Guys. Anybody ever use one of those lights? before? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, don't post. What are you doing? Don't, don't one. You shouldn't post it, but one, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. And why are you taking pictures of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it blows my mind. Well, awesome, man. We'll look forward to see you at the Iowa classic. Thanks for doing this man. And um, sounds good. I
0: appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah. And congrats I got it again, buddy. Yeah. Congrats. yeah and, congrats. And thanks to everyone that listened or watched this or supports us uh, working class bow hunter or working class on DeerCast. Uh, we appreciate the support we get to do what we do with all this and the series and, and everything we do go to shows and all that because of you guys. So much appreciated. And I'm going to close her out. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We love you guys. Hey guys, another Giant Tracker segment here, working class on Deercast. We have Greg in the house. What's up, buddy?
3: Uh, doing pretty good. I
2: bet you're doing real good, especially after killing a deer like that, huh?
3: Oh, that's a fact. I'm still riding the wave, so it's been it's been fun. I bet. Is that the deer behind you? This is actually, I shot this one in Illinois, so this is my biggest buck. That one scored 232. No kidding. Yes, yep. Yeah. So the one I shot in Michigan just a couple weeks ago was a uh, we rough scored about two twelve. Wow. Yes, sir. You're,
2: you're just a big butt killer, man. Wherever you go, it
3: seems like. That's what I've been told. <laughs> how, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 20. I'll be uh, actually in a week. I'll be 21. That is
2: even more impressive, man. Congratulations. That's funny. I like, I'm like, Oh man, he must've just had, I don't know how you had the Mount back already. Just, yeah. it's <laughs> rare when, when you see someone with two super giants, you know?
3: Yes, sir. Yep, I know. I, I'm I'm very lucky. Um, my dad he's been taking me hunting ever since I was little. We got a lot of good properties to go to, but mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't come without putting a little work. I'll tell you that.
2: Of course, I always say big bucks take effort. And oh yeah, clearly you know that. Um, and do you have a lot of other big bucks? I mean, what's besides those two deer? What's your? <laughs> it's weird, but I have to say, what's your third closest deer to 200 or whatever? You know, <laughs>
3: 180.
2: Okay, uh, impressive. Not a lot of people will <laughs> kill. I've never killed a 180, so that's awesome, no. man.
3: Yeah, my dad's biggest buck is I think 184 and then I've got him beat with probably two or three of them, so. Oh, that's pretty funny. Good. I mean, I'm sure he's not mad about it. It's Oh, no. It's it's all fun and games. And actually the buck I shot here in Michigan, I probably only went hunting by myself with a weapon probably five times. Really? The, the times I was hunting with my brother, I really wanted him to shoot it cuz I've already got this one here. Yeah. Right. I really. I was sitting with him with a camera filming and it all worked out where he went one spot one day and he woke me up in the morning. And I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go somewhere else. And it it just uh-huh. kind of landed in my lap.
2: Well, let's hear the story, man. And then I got some questions about your area and stuff like that being from Michigan, but um, I'm impressed, dude. That's already, I'm already having a good time with this. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> Thank for, you.
2: Wherever you got to start the story, man, it's all your story. So tell it how you want. All
3: I don't right, care if you yeah. lie
2: about it. That's cool too.
3: <laughs> yeah so uh it all started when we tied him up to the tree <laughs> <laughs>
2: got him in the corner of the fence where the corner's round so you know. yep, yeah <laughs>
3: yeah yeah so we've been watching this deer for four years now uh-huh. and uh our first picture we have of him he's only i think he's only like a nine point but you could tell he's got a little junk off his bases and we we're really wanting to let him go and the next year he absolutely blew up he was probably 150 inches as we what we thought was a three-year-old mm-hmm. and uh we were really wanting to pass him, but at that time that's the biggest Michigan buck we've ever had on camera. So we're like, I really wanted to pass him, but if he walked in front of me, he was probably gonna get it. Stop. And uh <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. And me and my girlfriend were hunting and we actually seen him and I was gonna let her shoot it, but he stayed a little too far out with the bow. And the next year he he blew up again and he was probably one eighty is mm-hmm. what we figured. And uh he was kind of a ghost all year long. He was on our cameras, but he was nocturnal. Mm-hmm. And come gun season, my grandpa actually seen him, but he broke his whole left side completely off just above the brow time. No kidding. I thought it was weird. I mean, he was so thick right there. But Do You
2: uh, wonder how, did he, I wonder if he got hit by a car or someone like, that's shot what his I was, back off?
3: I was wondering the same thing. Uh, but after I shot the deer, we took it to the butcher, and he, he said there's no bruise marks. He's like, this deer did not get hit by a car, but he did actually find a slug in the deer's throat what yeah yeah
2: you wonder if maybe he got shot at while he was running and somebody hit the rack
3: that's exactly what I'm thinking which is insane but wow yeah so my grandpa ended up giving him a pass but it made me feel a little better maybe somebody let him go if they seen him but yeah these Michigan guys they're a lot of them they'll see that one rack and I don't blame if they see the one side they'll probably pull the trigger but
2: yeah, quit looking. Think the both sides are there or whatever.
3: Yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was still still a little nervous about it, but come shed season, I I found his good side and we scored it. I think at about eighty four inches it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: And yeah, and we we're like, whoa, he's a lot bigger than I actually thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come uh come the summertime, I knew where he was staying in the summer, and I've got countless countless footage of him with uh, spot and scope eating in the beans and. We got another buck with them that we now call Scarface. He's just a big typical ten pointer,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, I think he's only four and a half. And Firecrackers, what we call this buck, was uh, five and a half. Awesome, yeah.
2: Hey, so you're dialed, man. I like I like hearing this. Like it's not just it's cool. I mean, you don't get lucky twice on deer like that, but it's cool. You guys are you guys are actively passing these deer and oh, waiting yeah. for full maturity. That's really impressive, man. Especially at twenty
3: years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So we got bunch of bunch of pictures of this buck and lots of footage of them uh which was just super cool it's like i talk call my grandpa up. he's the one who kind of owns this little bit of piece of property mm-hmm. and um he's always wanted to grow a big buck on there so he's stoked and i'm like hey you want to go look at firecracker he's like yeah it's like i, I know where he's at yeah go we'll film him and it, it was really fun just being with him and sharing that experience with him but come deer season you know i'm opening morning. i'm sitting with my brother filming him and uh we let go some really nice bucks. We're hunting for this big one mm-hmm. uh, and kind of hunted the whole season every morning, every night, played the wins. Uh, we have a lot of different spots. So some spots we weren't really hunting for him, but it was a good win. So we went out anyway, but it was uh December, or November 4th, mm-hmm. my grandpa, or my dad was hunting my grandpa's farm and he's seen this buck He's with a bow, seen him probably 200 yards away, 180 yards. Yeah. And he's got super good footage of him just kind of dogging a doe. And so that night we knew he was going to stay on my grandpa's property, probably laid down with that doe. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother went out and I'm filming him, and we never, we never seen him. My dad did end up catching a glimpse of him that night too. But
2: how big at this time, how big did you think this deer was?
3: I figured I was pretty close. I figured he was 210 to 215, <laughs> and my dad thought he was 200 to 205. I mean, so good was. It's hard oh, yeah. to guess
2: on deer, like when they get past like that one eighty mark. It's
3: like eh, you yeah. don't really know what they have until you get them. When I shot this one in Illinois, it was that way. We were holding, we were holding them, and we're like, at this point, he's just big. It's like mm-hmm. I know he's probably two hundred, but I have no idea after that.
2: Right, but- it's tough to guess when they have so much going on. You're just like, I- I'd hate to put a number on it because you don't know until you put a tape to him.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I was
2: just curious because I know if I had a deer of that caliber, which I've never had a deer of that caliber on any of my property. I had some good ones, you know, but nothing mm-hmm. like world-class like this. I'm right. like, I don't even know how I would guess about it. You know what I mean? It'd just be tough. Oh, yeah.
3: It's, it's so tough. I mean, he's got all, this, all these stickers. And if you're just, if you think a sticker is two inches and it's really an inch, I mean, you could right. be off 10, 10 inches there. Or vice
2: it's, versa, you know. My yep, buddy just exactly. killed a really big buck. And we, we were guessing this buck to be low 170s. We shoot it, put a tape to it. He's 190. Yeah. yeah so it's just kind oh, of oh yeah they to, surprise you yeah and we'll take that every time you know so yeah,
3: you to, <laughs> absolutely that's
2: what makes antlers so fun
3: mm-hmm, absolutely yep so uh that was november 4th is when my dad caught a glimpse of him mm-hmm. and i ended up shooting him on uh it was a month later december or no it wasn't it was november 23rd is when i shot him november mm-hmm. 23rd i shot this one december 5th mm-hmm. <laughs> yep so november 23rd is when i shot him and we were about to go to our cabin for Thanksgiving. We always go to the cabin, which is way up north, uh, across the bridge. Mm-hmm. My dad kind of gave my brother the option. He's like, hey, do you want to stay here and hunt for this buck one more morning? Or do you want to get up early? We'll go to the cabin. We'll get there in time to hunt that night.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, uh, well, let's stay here and hunt the morning. I'm like, all right, I'll go sit with you in this spot where we think he's going to pop up. Well, I sleep through my alarm. My brother knocks on my door. He's like, hey, are you coming to film me? And I'm like, oh, uh, you go ahead, you go ahead. I'm going to go somewhere else. Just yeah. you go ahead. I'll I'll pop in this other spot. He's like, all right. I get in there. I'm seeing deer almost immediately. Got a doe in front of me, glassing this little buck across the field into this uh, corn that we ran over. And I'm glassing this. Uh, we got a bunch of grasses, native grasses we planted for the deer. And I'm kind of glassing in there. It'll get buck stand up. And I see this bush and it looks just like them. And I know there's a bush in there that gets me every time. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, that, that freaking bush again <laughs> and then it moves its head and I was like holy crap the bush is
2: moving not... its head
3: oh yeah I'm like Ugh, I don't know if that's the bush so yeah, I, I got my camera up and I'm rolling I zoomed in kind of where he was it was still pretty dark and he's dogging a doe and this doe kind of runs across my shooting lane and he stops just staring at her probably for 10 minutes he's standing there and I go to range find where that doe was and my range finder is completely dead Mm. i have no idea how far he is i call my dad i was like hey when you seen him that one time how far was he yeah he was like uh 200 ah 180 oh and he's like i don't really know i was like let's go with 180 it's like i he said wow. after i shot him he's like i really wasn't expecting to answer a call like that at yeah. yeah. you know, 7 30 in the morning i was put on a
2: spot wow. man it's like yeah. you want to be a millionaire i'm phoning in for a lifeline here <laughs>
3: yeah yep so I uh, I had one of those pulled custom dial scopes on the muzzleloader, so I dialed it to 180, Yeah, and he stepped out in the opening, and he's in that grass stuff, so I kind of see the top of his shoulder. Had to guess where his shoulder was, which, you know, just aimed a little bit lower and let him have it. But mm-hmm. there's so much smoke. Can't
1: yeah, see right. nothing
3: in the footage. I had no idea if I hit him, if I missed him, if he dropped. So we went back to my grandpa's, and I'm kind of replaying the footage for my dad. And immediately he's like, he was a lot farther when I seen him. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. So now it's now you're worried. Oh yeah. Now it's panic mode. And my grandma's like, anybody want breakfast sandwiches? (laughs) Uh, no, thank you. (laughs) I can't eat. (laughs) No, I could not eat. I was not feeling too hot. Yeah. Yeah. We got a bunch of people together. You know, there are so many people, you know, wanting us to kill this deer. Mm-hmm. And we probably had five or six guys with us going to track, and we had shotguns just in case if he popped up and found blood. And immediately, it was like he's he's done. We smoked him, and good good. You only went probably fifty yards and picked him up. And my grandpa's there, and my dad's there, and my uncle, and my brother. It was it was actually it was kind of emotional. It was it was pretty cool.
2: That's cool, man. I love hearing that. Like you know, you got your dad and your and your grandpa with that's that's what it's about right there. And oh, I bet yeah, you they were awesome. so pumped.
3: Oh, yeah. My grandpa, he, when I came in the house to go get some breakfast after I shot, I was probably only 100 yards from his house when mm-hmm. I shot it. So he heard the shot, and, you know, he's just smiling ear to ear. Like, Did you get him? <laughs> I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> That's
2: cool, man. That's what it's about. So, I mean, pick when you pick this thing up, are you, like, shocked with how big he is or what's going through your
3: head? Well, you know, he – oh, yeah, he absolutely was big. But ever since I shot this one here – everything i'm warped man i pick up a 170 i killed a 170 in illinois yeah i pick it up and it looks small to me yeah I, well I,
2: I get that a little bit now <laughs> but
3: you're spoiled. i know, I know it i am ugh, i need to stop shooting these big ones and need to be like okay i'm shooting 130s from here on out for <laughs> <Right. a year. laughs>
2: get, get yourself back down to reality a little bit
3: oh that's, yeah yeah that's but hilarious. i mean i picked them up and yeah, he was just giant. He was insane. And then, and then to kind of go in my head and be like, okay, we're in Michigan. This is I, Michigan. So that's and what I was
2: going to ask, man, because on our normal working class bow hunter series, like we're kind of known for giving Michigan some crap jokingly. Um, yeah just it's kind of like a fun thing we do it's a way we interact with our michigan listeners yeah. and uh we have a group on facebook called working class hunters, and there's a lot of guys like when a big buck gets killed in michigan it's kind of like the thing to be like look there are big deer in michigan yeah and then everybody kind of goes back and forth in the co- comments um that's mostly all in good fun um mm. but i mean is is this a normal thing for the area that you're in in michigan or is it a rare thing you know
3: yeah it is definitely not normal uh, our biggest buck we've had on our property before this was probably 160, and mm-hmm. that was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we got, my grandpa probably owns 200 acres of fruit. He set aside about 10, 15 for us to do whatever we wanted with. Mm-hmm. So we got food plots and bedding and uh, some little bit of timber on that piece that we're trying to turn into kind of like a deer paradise.
2: Yeah. but across he, the road Your grandpa us, has fruit. You don't have to tell me more than you need to tell, but I'm just curious what that means.
3: Yep, yep. So he's got uh, apples. He farms apples and peaches and grapes. Very cool. Um, Yep. Oh yeah. It's awesome. We kind of get spoiled with that too.
2: (laughs) That's awesome, man. Cool. Well, I I like it, man. You guys seem very calculated. You guys seem very invested as a family together and want to shoot a certain caliber of deer. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just so awesome, dude, that you guys are all that involved with it.
3: Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's a blast just chasing these big deer. We're (laughs) always hunting. Usually we're in Iowa or Illinois, So we come home and we kind of want to make that piece of property like in Iowa or in Illinois and it transfers over. I
2: love it, man. So you shoot this deer. I mean, I'm sure everyone's freaking out
3: about it, right? Oh yeah. We had people calling us before you took a first picture. Did you get them? We're like, how in the heck do you know we even shot? (laughs) Word was traveling like crazy. It's funny. I
2: I joke and I joke around with some of my buddies talk about that. Like you know, we've seen some deer, my buddy knows about a big deer, you know, that might be in the two hundreds. And I'm like, that's the type of deer where it's on the internet before you even take a picture of it.
3: It absolutely was. It was like, what in the world?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Hey, cool. I mean, it's that big of a deer. It's pretty impressive. Um, I'm impressed, man. I think it's cool. It's not often where you call a guy, a young man, even 20 years old. Like I was still trying to get a 150 at 20 years old. So, um, it's cool to call you about this buck and then you have an even bigger buck on the wall behind you. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> That's awesome.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
2: I think it's great. And you're humble about it too. I think it's cool, man. It's uh I'm I'm happy for you.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, when I first seen him, and I know I've been I was wanting my brother get him so bad. He wasn't too far away, and I see this buck. And no joke, people might call me a liar, but first thing I thought to myself was Jeez, I gotta be this guy again <laughs> to kill this buck.
2: <laughs> it's hard to be the big buck killer.
3: I know it. I know it.
2: <laughs> back in the day when I was growing up hunting in our hunting camp, we I grew up hunting in Fulton County, Illinois. And uh we'd always do a thing if somebody'd kill a buck and if you'd get back to camp before everybody else, we'd joke around and sit there and like clean our fingernails next to the big buck. So when yeah. everybody pulled in, they're like, Oh, how are you? You know what I mean? Like you're the man yeah, yeah. type of thing. So I imagine there was a little bit of that. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of that between your brother and your dad and your grandpa, a little bit. I oh bet. yeah,
3: there absolutely is. It's, it makes it fun. It's a little competition.
2: That's awesome, dude. Well, cool. I'm sure they're all happy for you. And I can't imagine as like seeing your son kill two deer over 200 inches, like, cause that's just as good as you getting it.
3: Oh, it absolutely is. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm not going to shoot just anything. I'm old after the older class deer, Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one buying our house right now. He's probably only going to go 135, mm-hmm. but he's a six and a half year old eight point. And I would be stoked to kill him. Yeah, that's I a mean, perfect awesome. deer, really. Yes. Yep, it is. And I get just as much enjoyment as watching somebody else kill one too. Like, yeah. sitting behind the camera and being there. It's just, it's awesome.
2: Well, I think you're way ahead of your age and experience and like hunting maturity. So it's very cool to see you, man.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Well, anything you want to plug, man? If you want to plug your Instagram or any thank yous or anything before we get out of here?
3: Yeah, so my Instagram is gshemmy, S-H-E-M-M-Y. Um, I, you can see I got pictures of deer I've shot before in there. It's kind of cool to look over there. I see how little I was. And <laughs> um, and I do. I film. So I film all my hunts now. And uh, the name of that show is MDG Outdoors. Cool. And uh, we kind of we put all that stuff on Carbon TV Media. Oh, very
2: cool. Awesome. I'll yep. check it out. So
3: I'm working on the video right now for, for firecracker. So that should be up probably within a couple of weeks. That'd be cool.
2: Very cool, man. That's awesome. I didn't know that.
3: Yes, sir. Yep.
2: Awesome. I'll check it out, man.
3: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. And I'm sure everyone's going to check that out. I hope they do uh, support the, support the young man. It's weird that I'm <laughs> saying that, but I'm 31 and I'm like, dang, I'm struggling, but I I think it's great, man. So uh, thanks everyone for listening and watching this Giant Tracker segment. Hope you guys are enjoying these. We're having a lot of fun. I get to meet cool people like this. um, So I'm having a good time with it. And you know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We'll catch you on the next one.